Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Hey, it's good to see all of you. I'm Andy Mono, one of the pastors here at the Valley Church. And uh, hey, I just want to welcome you to the service, and it's just good to see you. And literally, I can see you. Somebody came in during the week, you know, and they plastered pictures all over all the chairs. And so literally, I can see you. Uh, There's pictures all over. It was just blank chairs last week, and, and now you're all here. Uh, I do think they missed up some of the chairs. And when you come back, uh, you know, the chair you usually sit in, some of you aren't there. I don't know if that's going to unsettle you at home or not, uh, but I just want you to know it's it just great to see faces in this place. And uh, I, know, I know you're out there, and uh, it's just good to be with you. You know, we're in the middle of a series called Blueprint. And I love this because we're looking at the design God has for the family. And today we're going to be looking at marriage, God's plan for marriage. And how, how do we do marriage right? And uh, the scriptures give us some clear indications about how to do that. You know, we're on a journey uh, right now of discovering what God's plan is for the family. And marriage is the very foundation of family, as we discovered last week. And and there's sort of a tension between uh, we've we've gotten started on this journey with family, and we want to end up a certain place. But we find there's a tension between those, and we find ourselves right in the middle trying to discover how to do this best. And so today we're going to look at how do we love one another in our marriage relationship. Now, now some people might say, marriage, this doesn't apply to me. Well, it certainly does. Did you know 95% of all people are either married, they want to be married, they have been married, or they know somebody who's married? And the reality is that's almost all of us. So this applies to every one of us. And here's the deal. The principles that we're going to learn today apply beyond the marriage relationship. It applies to parent-child relationships. It applies to co-worker kind of relationships. And so I just want you to understand that, that what we're going to talk about today really applies to every one of us. So I hope nobody checks out because God wants to speak something to us today. I'm, I'm convinced of that. So many couples feel like their marriages could and should be more than it is. Uh, they're both well-intentioned, they're, they're trying hard, and yet they keep stumbling over things, and this idea of a great marriage kind of seems elusive to them, like it's just not something they're able to achieve. And so they've decided to settle for, for less. And now they're living in a real low place in their marriage relationship when God has called them to a very high place uh, for, for their marriage. And, and, and you know what, if, if we settle, if we settle for the low place in our marriage relationships, we can never serve God the way he wants us to, and, and we won't have the kind of family relationships, the strong family relationships that, that lead to a blessed life. And so uh, I, wanna, I wanna spend some time looking at what that is today. I just wonder if couples are kind of like the man and the woman I heard about who were giving each other the silent treatment uh, they've been doing that for a week and, and uh, they hadn't been talking to each other and, and the husband was going to go fishing the next day and he wanted his wife to wake him up but he didn't want to be the first uh, to break the silence and so he wrote a note to his wife said go on fishing uh, would you wake me up at 5 a.m. put that on her pillow well he woke up the next morning and it was bright and sunny outside. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful. And he knew, it, wow, it, there's no way it's 5 a.m. in the morning. He looks over at the alarm clock. It's 9 o'clock. He's mad. He's just furious. His wife hadn't woken him up. And, and as he's just about to go get her, he notices a note on the, on the pillow right next to him. And it says, it's 5 a.m. Time to get up. You know, 
Sometimes that's the kind of wake-up call we need in our lives. And uh, I I hope all of us get a wake-up call this morning. I I really do. Uh, And we discover what God's place is for marriage in our lives and how he wants us to do marriage. Because you and I are going to be faced with a startling question today. Husbands, does your wife feel like she's married to someone like Jesus? Someone who's like Jesus. Wives, you're faced with this. Am I loving my husband in the way that he can feel it and needs to be loved? You know, that, that's a, a question I want you both to ask yourselves if you're in a marriage relationship, if you're contemplating a marriage relationship, how do I do that and how do I, how do, I do that right? Now, I want you to know that what's holding most people back in marriage isn't what they think it is, isn't what they think it ought to be. You see, what's holding us back uh, is, is not... Uh, the things like communication and, and uh, the things like kids and money, you know, those things that like we tend to focus on and we say, that's probably the problem. Well, the reality is there's something much bigger than that. And do you know, do you know what it is? It's attitude. It's attitude. You see, God works, God's word makes it clear that there's one basic attitude that's expressed two different ways that become the foundation for any great marriage. Everything else rests on attitude and the attitude uh, of these two expressions. And if we do this right, it'll all fall into place. So I want us to dig into God's word because he tells us what, these, what this general attitude is, but these two expressions for both the, the, the husband and the wife and what they ought to look like. And if we'll get this right, we'll build great marriages that become the foundations for great families. So dig in with me, if you will. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 22. Ephesians chapter 5. And by the way, if you have the Valley app, you can always download the Valley app. They'll, they'll put it in uh, the chat for you to do that. And if you do that, you can follow the notes in version. if you want to fill in the blanks. Um, it, and I encourage you to pull out your own Bible and look this passage up. I want you to underline. I want you to, I want you to circle. I want you to put notes in the margin because I want us I want us to really dig into what marriage is supposed to look like. Now, Paul first talks to both men and women. He doesn't single one out or the other. He focuses on both. And look what he says to them. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, this is hard for us. Do you know that we've all inherited a sin nature? Uh, A sin nature is this idea that when Adam and Eve uh, first sinned, they put a bent into all mankind toward sin, toward selfishness, toward a self-focus. And we have this self-focus, and because of that, it's hard to submit to one another. It, It goes against the very grain of who we are. But submitting to one another is really about building each other up. It's about making the other more important than ourselves. It's not about altitude. Altitude is one's higher than the other. One's more important than the other. No, it's not about altitude. You see, it's really about attitude. Submission is all about attitude. It says, I want to serve you. I want to love you. I want to take care of you. I want to put your needs above my own. That's the attitude that God is talking about in this submission. And it's to go both ways. It's not one spouse to the other. It's to go both ways. Look what Paul tells the Philippian church. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I love what somebody once said about humility. They said, humility isn't becoming less. You and I becoming less of a person, thinking less of ourselves, acting like we don't have value, those kind of things, being a doormat. That's not what humility is. It's not becoming less. It's thinking of ourselves 
or yourself less often. You see, it's not making yourself the focus of everything around you. It's, it's not making you the focal point, but it's, it's beginning to look and consider the needs of your spouse. It's beginning to focus on their needs and not just your own. And that can be really tough uh, because of that inherited bent toward a self-focus. And so this isn't something naturally we do. This is something we learn to do with the power of Christ in us. And, and after outlining this basic attitude that both spouses need to have in, the, in a great marriage, he starts to outline what it looks like for each specific spouse. And he starts by giving instructions to the wives. He says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now, now Paul repeats this command to the church in Colossae, and, and I think he, he says it twice. He says it to the church in Ephesians. He says it to the church in Colossae, because I think that the church is, this is a universal problem. And look what he says to the, them. He says, wives, submit yourselves to, the, to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. He's telling multiple churches that because I think it's likely husbands and wives are getting some things wrong. They're getting out of their lane. They're not fulfilling their own roles and their own assignments and it's causing problems in the marriage relationship. And when the marriage relationship isn't strong, listen to me, your family relationships won't be strong. When the marriage isn't strong and it's the very, because it's the very foundation of family, the family will begin to disintegrate. You see, the marriage is the primary relationship in any family. Now, some of you wives are saying submission. If that's the deal, if that's what they're talking about, I'm out. I, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, I, I think that uh, submission's got a bad name, and that's probably why the first reaction for many is that no way am I going to do that. But I want you to know what submission's not. It's not slavery or being pushed down. It, it's not about altitude, right? It's not about alti- altitude. It's more about attitude. It, it doesn't mean that the wife doesn't, doesn't have thoughts and opinions and, and doesn't make decisions. It doesn't mean she's a wallflower, and, and, and it doesn't mean in any way she's inferior to her husband. They're equal in that way. The reality is submission for wives is simply means recognizing that the man has the responsibility for headship and leadership in the home. That's a responsibility that God has given the, the, the husband in the home. And if they don't fulfill that responsibility, listen to me, man, if you don't fulfill that responsibility, you're not living out the call God has on your life. You've been called to spiritual leadership, and that means going first. We're going to talk a lot more about that in a, middle, in, in a minute. But I want you to understand, men, that your leadership style is your love style. And your love style should be your leadership style. And the reality is that that if you want to talk about how you're loving your wife, you have to look at how you're leading your family and your wife, and and it'll become very clear. But here's where things go wrong. Sometimes women assume because the man, the husband, isn't fulfilling his role that they ought to step in and and get in his lane and take care of it. But that's not what Peter says when uh, when we look at what, what he shares with the church as well in 1 Peter. He says, wives, in the same way, Submit yourselves to your own husbands so that, and by the way, when there's a so that, it's everything before is this is what the outcome is going to be if you do this. And says, so that if any of you do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. 
Wives, you are commanded to stay in your lane and, 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 and carry out your assignment, even if your husband is not fulfilling his role, no, no matter what. Will it mean sacrifice? Yes. Will it mean frustration at times and, and a longing for them to lead in, in, in greater ways and, and, and play a stronger role in the family? Yes. Can you do it better? No. You see, it's not your assignment. It's not the lane that God has given you. And you're going to have to learn to trust God with the responsibility that he's given the man and trust God to move his heart and, and stop trying to do it yourself. Wives, God's called you to respect your husband, not because he's earned it. He's called you to give it to him as a gift because that's the position of leadership God has given him in the family and in the marriage role. And when we do that, when you do that, the, the family relationship will move forward. It will reach the place that God has called it to be. God wants you to use submission to lead your husband. Did you know that? God wants you to use submission, how you submit to him to lead your husband. Isn't it like that, that God will use what we consider to be a weakness to, to lead, to do great things, to, to convey great strength? And that's what God is calling to us here. It's just how God operates. That's why he went to the cross. He used what many would consider a weakness to, to show great strength and save the world. And God wants to use what you might consider a weakness to, to change your husband, to change the trajectory of your family. Wives, submitting means you show respect to your husband. Uh, a, a woman went to see her pastor. Uh, she was frustrated with her husband, and she told him she was going to seek a divorce. And, and uh, the pastor reminded her that, that she had come before God and people and, and, and had said the vows that she was going to stay with him for better or for worse. And she said, but pastor, when I, when I, uh, he's a lot worse than I took him for. Uh, you know, sometimes that's the way life is, isn't it? He's a lot worse than I took him for. And, and, and maybe that's how you're feeling today. Maybe that's where you're at today. You, you feel like uh, something, you know, he was a certain way when you met him. And, and now over the, the convening years, things have changed. Maybe he's not lived up to, uh, uh, to what you thought he ought to be. Maybe, maybe he's gotten sidetracked by a career or whatever else. And, and so you lost respect for him. But I want you to know, uh, a husband knows respect when he sees it. He, he may not totally understand it, but he knows respect when he sees it. And that kind of disgust for who he is at his very core and how he's trying to lead will wilt him. And so the question we all, in fact, every wife needs to ask herself is, am I wilting my husband because I'm not respecting him? You see, respecting a man is valuing him for who he is at his core. And here's the truth. When you respect who God made him to be and his leadership of the family, he feels that respect. It not only is just something that's, it, he feels it. He senses it. And when, you, when he feels that respect, he's going to begin to lead in the way that he was designed to. A CEO of a big company was uh, driving down the road with his wife and they stopped at this uh, service station. And he recognized that the guy at the service station uh, pumping their gas was an old boyfriend of his wife. And and uh, they talked for a few minutes and took off down the road. And, and uh, he kind of mentioned, he said, hey, uh, aren't you glad you married uh, the man you did who's a CEO of a company and not a service station attendant? And the wife looked back to, uh, right at him and said, well, if he'd have married me, he'd been the CEO. You know, <laughs> there's some truth in that. Behind every man that is successful, there's a, a, a woman who is uplifting him, who's encouraging him, who, who's his 
helper who's empowering him. Just as we learned last week, the, the woman is to be the helper to the man, not in a, a subservient role, but in a way that makes him stronger and completes him. And, and that's, the, that's the call that God has on every wife's life. And here's the wonderful truth, wives. When you respect the man, he will naturally want to, to show love in return. It, it's an auto, I won't say it's an automatic kind of thing, but, but when a man is shown respect and, and when he feels that he's valued for who he is at the very core of who he is, he will begin to show love in a way. It just starts to come out of him. And I want you to know that when you respect your husband, it's the best chance you'll ever have to receive the love that he wants to give because it's the thing that's reciprocal. Now, men... I said that we were going to talk to you, and Paul, in, his, in this passage, begins to turn to husbands. And look what he says. He says in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 28 says, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. And then in verse 33, he says, Each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself. Did you catch that? Over and over and over, we see, just like in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Well, how did Christ love the church? Husbands, Jesus died on the cross for the church. He, he came and he left the authority and the power and the, and, the, and the goodness of heaven to come and be in our midst and to serve us. He washed our feet. He, he was our servant. He served and men, you and I are to travel the same road that Jesus did and become that sacrificial servant to our wives, just like Christ was for the church. And I just wonder here this morning, the question for all of us as men, are we serving our wives? Are we loving them? Or are we sticking to some of our rights, some of our patterns of life that, that are hurting her? Do we have unhealthy communication styles? Do we have selfish ambitions? Are we, are we focused more on our career than than her needs. These are questions that we have to ask because God has given us this role of loving our wives, and that means sacrificially, as Christ did, setting aside our own desires and our own thoughts and our own attitudes and, and what we want to do what she needs. There's a story of a guy named Angus McGilvery. Um, he was in World War II, and he was captured by the Japanese. Angus was, uh, was a Scottish soldier, and in this prisoner of war camp, he was there with Americans and Britons, and uh, they had been there a while. In fact, this was the prisoner of war camp that built the bridge over River Kwai, that, uh, if you've ever heard of that story, but this was that prison camp. Angus was this big, tall, strapping guy. Uh, he was resilient. He wasn't the guy that anybody thought would succumb, but somewhere along the way, he, he died. And, uh, and people couldn't understand why. It kind of really shook them until they heard the whole story. You see, the Australian code was that every Australian soldier had a buddy. They had a buddy system, and they called him a mucker and, uh, with an M. And, and that's, that was the phrase they used. But the idea was that every soldier had a buddy, and their job was to, was to help them survive. They were to take that seriously. They, 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 this was the true buddy system. And, and his buddy wasn't doing so well in fact he was dying he was he was not uh, healthy he was not strong 
And there was kind of a dog-eat-dog mentality in this prison camp. And so, so people were stealing each other's blankets. They were stealing food. If you put your head on a, a knapsack, by the time you got up in the morning, it could be gone. I mean, it really was survival of the fittest. And, uh, and, that, and that was between the prisoners of war. And Angus could see clearly that his buddy wasn't doing well. And so one day he brought him his blanket and he told him that he'd found an extra blanket. He wanted him to use that blanket. And he began to protect his buddy. He went and got his rations each day and he would bring him to this, his buddy, this, this mucker. And he would, he, would, he would give him the rations. He would stand over him and force him to eat him and to make sure he ate him and to protect him from those who might take those rations away. And, and as he did that, his, his buddy began to heal. And he began to gain strength. But over time, as he died and they investigated, they began to understand that it was exhaustion and, uh, and starvation that had killed Angus. What was amazing through this story is that as the other prisoners began to realize what Angus had done for his, his buddy was that it transformed the whole camp. You see, they began to recognize the kind of men they ought to be and they began to live up to that. I don't know about you men, but that's the kind of man I want to be. That, that's the kind of man I, I, I need help to be, and maybe that's the kind of man you need help being. But I want you to understand, husbands, that's the kind of sacrificial love. That's the picture of what it means to love our wives the way Christ loved the church. And your wife is that buddy. And she needs us to come alongside of her and, and to defend her and, and to protect her. And, and to provide for her. It doesn't mean she can't do some of those things on her own, but our job is to come alongside and do that. We're to have a love that cares about her feelings, that makes sure her needs are met before her own, a, a love that includes her opinions, a, a love that forgives her, her failings. That's the kind of love that God calls us, that Christ calls us to, to show our wives. And I want you to understand, wives, that that's the kind of husband you can submit to. You see, guys, I want you to understand this. Real spiritual leadership isn't about making decisions. It, 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 it includes making decisions. But if that's all you think it is, well, I'm going to be the dictator and I'm gonna, or I'm going to be the, 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 the final decision maker, and I'm, that's really not what spiritual leadership is all about. You see, it, it's not about dictating decisions and being obeyed. It's about leading in love. Real spiritual leadership is going first. It's being the first one to forgive. It's being the first one to, to back off of our own desire, our own, uh, uh, what we want in order to, to, to consider the needs of the, the person and the persons around us and, and especially our wives. You see, it's about leading in love through our actions. That's what real spiritual leadership is. In fact, look what Peter says to the church as he writes to him. He says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, and as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Husbands, submitting to your wife means considering her first, her interests above your own. And that kind of love isn't some sappy kind of song that you might hear on the radio. Instead, it's a selfless, giving, caring, forgiving kind of love. In a sense, it's a dying kind of love. Is that the kind of love, men, that you're showing your wife? Because I want you to understand, men, when you begin to show her that kind of love, you know what she's going to want to do? She's going to reciprocate by showing you respect. You see, women need unconditional love. And men, they spell love unconditional 
respect. And, and we give those as gifts, not, not an earned thing. We're not to, to wait till they earn it. We're to give it. And that's our act of love. And when we submit to one another that way, the marriage relationship cannot fail, as we learned last week, if we're keeping the principles God's given us. Well, I want to give you some action steps to take, some steps that both women and men can take in their marriage relationships, husbands and wives, to, to help them. And there are two practical ways I think women can respect their husbands. The first is let God change them. Stop trying to change them yourself. Now, having said that, God has given you an equal voice in the marriage. It doesn't mean that you don't have a voice, that you can't share your opinions and your thoughts and, and shared. No, that's, that's certainly a part of it. But after you've shared it, back off and let him, uh, let God change him and stop trying to change it. Because when men try to, uh, when, when women try to change men, it feels like we're being disrespected. The other thing is, let us make mistakes. Now, I'm not saying catastrophic mistakes. If somebody's going to kill themselves and men have a tendency to try stuff that could get them killed, I get that. But, but, but I'm talking about this. When men want to try things and, and you think it might be a mistake, surely if you want to share that, fine. But let them, let them try the things that they want to try and stop trying to, to tell them and criticize them for the steps they want to take. Let them learn some things the hard way. Men need that. Let God change us. Don't try to change us yourselves. And then honor the man you want him to be. You see, men live up to the, to the respect that you show them. And they crave that respect. Men go crazy for honor. And they become their fullest, healthiest selves in an atmosphere of respect. And, and so I encourage you, treat him better than he deserves. Build him up in the very core of who God made him to be and and, and trust the decisions that he makes for the family that they're in the best interest of the family and not him. Uh, because that is, uh, is very hard when, when a man tries to make a decision and, and he, he's trying to do what's in the best interest in the family and, and he gets accused of doing something that is in his own interest uh, or selfish when in reality that's not the intent at all. Now he may be executing wrongly, but I'll tell you that comes to the very core of who he is. Trust him at his core. And then men, I'm going to give you two practical ways you can love your wives. Consider her needs above everything else. Do your best to, to honor her. And when you honor her as you honor the Lord, honor just means that you're going to put her first. Like there isn't going to be anything else that comes above her. And, uh, and when she knows that she's one in a billion, when she knows she is the first thing in your life, she will respect you. And she will submit to you if you're that kind of a husband. And then share your feelings, not just the facts. You know, too often men are, um, are creatures that just like to share the facts. We just want to give the facts. We don't want to get into the details. We don't want it to be emotional. And I am guilty of this, as many of you are. But I want you to know your wife wants to communicate with you, not only on an intellectual level, but also on an emotional level. And when you don't do that, she's not feeling the love relationship like she ought to. And so, men, you're going to have to get over the facts. and You're going to begin to share your feelings, who you are, how you feel about things. And it might feel a little mushy, but that's a whole part of the communication for women. And that's how they feel that love. And so if you're going to express your love, that's part of what you have to die to is that maybe you're uncomfortable in that way. 
If you'll change, you'll begin to discover you're communicating on a whole nother level and she'll feel that love in a way that she'll reciprocate that respect. And I want you to know that as you build the marriage relationship, as you begin to build into this marriage relationship, you will not only grow your marriage, you will not only see it elevate to a whole new level, but that marriage relationship can become the foundation for an even stronger family because the family will only be as strong as the marriage is. And I want you to understand it all starts with attitude that we will both submit to each other in the ways that God has called us to, in the two ways that God has expressed to us. And when we do that, we're going to see a, a relationship that, that's a true love relationship in every way. And that's what God's called us to. Let's pray. Father, I, I just I want to pray for uh, the relationships all over this world, in our communities, in this state, in this nation. But Lord, I pray specifically right here, right now, for those who are part of the Valley Church and their, their connections and the relationships that they have that, that start here and, and, and go so many places. Father, I pray for these marriages. I pray that you would teach us to submit to one another, that you would teach wives to, to submit and to respect their husbands, that you would teach men to love their wives and to, to treat them as Christ treated the church, as you treated the church, as you loved the church. And that as we have that attitude of love, that attitude of submission to one another, of giving to one another, that, that you would bind us in, in a way that we've never been bound before. And as you make the marriage relationship so strong and enduring that it would become the very foundation of, of a family, that, of family life that we've never experienced before. Father, this is the kind of thing that I pray for every marriage in, in our nation, in our state, and in, in every marriage of everyone who's hearing us today. And Father, I pray for those who've had a lot of pain in their life. I pray and a lot of pain in their marriage. I'm praying, Father, for a healing. I'm praying, Father, that you restore those marriage relationships, that, that there would be a forgiveness where there needs to be forgiveness, that there would be a trust where there needs to be trust, that you would help in each marriage, the husband and the wife, to be able to give the gift of submission to, to one another, of, of that unconditional love and that unconditional respect. Father, would you help them to give that gift to each other even if they feel that the, if the, that the other doesn't deserve it? And would you begin to restore marriage to the high place you've called it? Would you do that, Father? And would you bring joy and peace and fulfillment to, to families and to marriages everywhere? And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad you've joined us today. You know, we've been talking about marriage last week, what the very foundation of marriage is and God's plan for marriage and, and what some of the laws of marriage were. And this week, we, we talked about practical ways of how we submit to one another and how we can have a loving kind of marriage. We can build a great marriage. Next week, we're going to pivot and we're going to be talking about parenting. And uh, whether you're teens, uh, whether, you're, whether you're adults, whether you're, whether you're parents, uh, this is going uh, to be a fun look at what God's plan is for parenting. And it's kind of like fishing. It's catch and release. Uh, just going to leave that with you. Can't wait for you to join us next week. By the way, uh, check us out on Facebook. There are a whole lot of things going to be happening this week. And uh, if you want a prayer time, we have prayer time, Facebook Live, uh, usually on Fridays. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of teen events. You'll see some of the kids' things. And I hope you'll check out the kids' story by our own Jen, uh, uh, Jen Bishop. Uh, and, and so we just, there's something for all the family, and uh, I hope you'll check that out and you'll stay connected not only with the church, but with each other. 
and most importantly, with God himself. God bless you. Go and have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend because changed lives change lives.